Welcome to Gardening Talk back once again. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you in the studio. Good to see you too. Oh, thank you very much. What do you got planned for us today, Scott? I thought we'd talk about an oldie bit of goodie. Yeah. Magnolia Little Gem. If you like, I had a curry on Saturday night, so if yep. you like a curry, we're going to talk about curry leaf trees. Oh, okay, righto. And if you want to grow, make a terrarium, we'll have a bit of a chat about that as well. And we've got Andrew from Elibana. And Scott, he's got a question about his azaleas. Hey, Andrew, how can we help you, mate? Yeah, g'day, Scott. I've uh, got a bit of an interesting one. I've got some well-established azaleas, probably been in 10, 15 years, and a couple of them just started to get a bit of dieback in, on just on a selective branches. So I lost one mature plant oh, probably a year ago, which started off in parts. I kept pruning it back to get rid of it. But uh, any ideas about uh, how to stop it taking out the rest of them? And you've been keeping the azalea lace bug and the spider mite under control with them? Probably not as well as I should have done. Yeah, it is really difficult to keep under control. I don't know that that's going to be the problem with this one. Uh, look, azalea's only got a really shallow root system. I think it's probably going to be more likely a, a fungal disease that they can get. Uh, yeah. So it's probably worth getting a fungicide and actually treating the soil with that. Okay. Yeah, so you, okay. And that's, you can either use copper or you can use Mancozeb Plus. Uh, they're both yeah. fungicides you can use. Because they usually spray them once just before they, they start to bud up. For the flowers, that's just with the you know, herb on um, the uh, foliage fungicide. Yes, or... yes, and and that that uh, they get a petal blight. So uh, yeah, spraying just before they bud up is really important. But uh, yet again, yeah, the the spider mite and the azalea lace bug is probably the most important. Uh, it seems like uh, you know no matter how much you spray for that, uh, it does get them, uh, especially with the brand, the new growth. But it seems to attack all the growth on azaleas. That's the one the one problem with them. Yeah, the only thing I can probably think of at the moment, I'll just put the sprinklers on them, even though we had a little bit of rain, but. The soil's reasonably dry still. So. Yeah, okay, look, uh, so, and look, the other thing to think about as well is that uh, plants do have, you know, a certain age, although azaleas do go for quite some time, uh, and it might just be that they need, a, you know, a healthy prune back uh, generally just to try and get some new growth uh, and the sap moving through the plant. Uh, be careful with how much you prune back azaleas, though, because if you go too heavy on them, uh, they go a bit weird is the way I describe it. Okay, yeah. okay, thank you. Now, the other thing, I've got another quick question. I've got this sort of, uh, I think, the native grape-looking plant. Um, it is, is highly invasive, and I've tried it a couple of times to round up. Stop it. I think I know the one you're talking about. It gets a little purple berry on it. Yeah, it's sort of a berry. It's, 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 it looks like a mock grape. And uh, I've talked to people and I said, it is a native, but it's behaving like a weed. Yeah, look, I, I think I know the one you're talking about. It sends down lateral roots. It is very, very difficult to get rid of, unfortunately. Uh, uh, even when you trace it back to its root and you try and pull that out, it just tends to break and then it, it regoes again. Uh, we do a couple of people's gardens and uh, there's one particular one I'm thinking about where it's just right through there and no matter what we do, uh, you know, it grows up through plants. It's very, very difficult to get rid of. Uh, like moth creeper, that's the other difficult uh, uh, climber to get rid of as well. And it looks like a choco and it gets these big sort of choco-like uh, seed yeah. pods on them. And if they explode, they just go everywhere. And, yeah, um, I know that one. No, I haven't got that one. It grows in the bush across the road, which I try and cut, cut down. But, yeah, but, uh, do you yeah. think there's a bit of a feed at this time of year, wrong time of year for a feed? Uh, look, you can certainly give them a feed. Uh, look, I wouldn't go overboard with them. They're not going to use much of it now as we go into winter. Uh, yeah. But you give them a little bit. It's not going to hurt them. Okay, mate. Thanks okay. for the advice. Not a problem. Thank you, Andrew. You have a good day. Bye. Cheers. We've got Craig from Charlestown, and he's got a question about his mango trees. How can we help you with that, Andrew? Uh, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got the middle name right there, Scott. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, mate, I was just wondering, uh, mango trees tend to get a bit out of hand, and I was wondering which is the best time of the month or which month best to prune them. Yeah, so you, you're probably you're waiting a little bit. It's getting a bit too cold now to prune them. Uh, and the only reason I say that is if you do prune them now, you're not going to get any new growth coming on, unfortunately, uh, right through winter. So they'll stay, stay fairly bare. And it might be that you get some extra dieback as well from the cold settling on them. So often at this time of year, it's best to leave them as they are and just leave those, those hardened leaves up there as protection. And if you were to get any new growth anyway, it would just come on and, like I said, it would burn off with the cold settling on it. Uh, look, what I would do now is probably wait till mid-August and then give it a prune. Now, the only trouble with that is that you're going to, you know, destroy any flowering material that, you know, you'd get mangoes on for next year. So usually the best thing yeah. to do is wait till it finishes uh, fruiting and then give it a prune back. Uh, usually that would be in, you know, February, March, I guess. And then you'll get some new growth before it gets into winter. It hardens up and it's protected. You right, it goes right through and then it flowers again. So you're sort of in that in-betwixt, in-between stage at the moment, mate. Yeah, what a pity. I, uh, I need to prune it because it's grown over next door's fence and, you know, I want to keep it good with the neighbours. Yeah, look... So I... uh, it looks like I might have to sacrifice some uh, fruit then. Yeah, some fruit. Look, you could give it a light prune back. I'd be careful about yeah. doing that, though. And, look, if there is just an overhanging branch next, you know, over the neighbours, you can prune that off. It's not going to harm it. But as a general right. all-over prune, uh, I'd, I'd yeah. actually I'd leave it now until you get through to August. Yeah, what about the vertical... Uh of stems that go up. Would you prune them now? Because they don't seem to get as much fruit as the horizontal stems. Oh, look, yeah, you can give those a try if you want to. Uh, right. Again, I just wouldn't do it so much that you'd reduce the canopy and uh, you let all that cold settle through onto any new growth that comes on. Okay, then. And uh, what about spraying? What do you? I didn't have much luck because of fungus last season. Yeah, so the, they get anthracnose, which is like a... a, a, a fungal disease that sort of comes down through the, the blossom into the right. fruit so as soon as you see the mango starting to fruit uh, starting to flower that's when yeah. you have to spray with a copper spray to keep that under control right copper spray yeah. oh well all good so i'll uh, do that spray for sure and i'll prune slightly yes just yeah, very lightly mate, yep. very lightly because i mean we're we're hearing you know today we're going to get colder temperatures coming on so uh, i guess it's when, when does winter start uh, I it July. feels like it started here. It does. I'm yeah. in the shade in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I can never yeah. know. It must be July. June, June must be June. So we, you know, we're practically yeah. in winter. We're like one That's day true. away from winter. So yeah, be very careful about how much you prune it. Yeah. Okay. Then okay. at least the mango trees uh, get will stay nice and warm. It's in the front yard. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, they like <laughs> plenty of plenty of sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they? Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. It's a uh, Bowen mango. Oh, it's looks been so... pretty good, but not enough fruit. Okay, so you have had some yeah. off there in the past? Yeah, it's a big tree, probably about oh, four metres tall and four metres wide, but I only got about a dozen off it last year. Now, mate, when, last you, season. when you do prune yeah. Craig, you can go pretty hard with mangoes, uh, you know, if you, if yeah. you do want to go it, go it quite hard, uh, and you do that, like I said, do that in August. Right, okay then. Well, thanks for that information. Okay, not a problem. And I'll catch up with you around at your uh, business. Okay, thanks very much for that, mate. Right, see you later. Cheers, bye-bye. Yeah, bye. You, th- you think after all this time, I'd know that when the the season start? Exactly. Well, yeah. I always thought June, July, around that time. Actually, I think it was you who didn't know when the season started. I didn't know when then. the season no, started. I, I yeah. asked the question though. I was... bounced it back. Yeah, and just went July, June, and then you sort of yeah. saved the day. We flicked past it around. We're like badminton players there for a while, weren't we? Very similar. Yes, very similar. <laughs> Not <laughs> a skillful way. <laughs> and we've got Ray from Lemon Tree Passage. 
He's got a question about crepe myrtle. Hello, Ray. How can we help you? Hello. Good afternoon. Um, look, I wanted to know my crepe myrtle. It's it yellowed off, um, and it's sort of very woody and dead looking on the top. But on the bottom, there is a few. It's starting to green up a little bit with green leaves. So have I killed it by pruning it back, or <laughs> or what? Oh, I'd say not. Uh, it might just be that uh, you know it's getting towards that time now where it cools off because we just discovered that it's going to be winter in a couple of days' time. That mm. it's going to lose its leaves anyway. So I wouldn't be too concerned. So what might it might just be that you've pruned it back and you've left some old leaves up the top. They're naturally dying back anyway, but it's put some new leaves on down the bottom because you thought, oh, well, I've got yeah. a bit of a grow. Yeah. Uh, so look, I wouldn't be too concerned about Do it. Be worried, it'll come back. Crate oh. myrtles, you can prune the life out of them. Uh, you can really, really prune them back hard, and they will come back for you. So, I'll... oh, good. No, I wasn't sure whether they were supposed to lose their leaves and go a bit yellow looking in the coming on cooler or not. Yeah, they they definitely are. And as, as they get uh, older, how old's your plant, Ray? Oh, it's about probably. Six, eight years. Oh, okay. So has it started to get the nice, uh, you know, oh, look on the trunk? Had, yeah. I've had beautiful blooms on it. Yeah. Well, what about the trunk? Has it got that really beautiful colouring well, on it yet? It's sort of, it doesn't, I don't let it get too high. It only goes to about two to three metres, just, just in the corner behind the shed. Mm-hmm. And it gets beautiful morning sun, but the afternoon it's shaded. So it's, um, but I was just a bit concerned that I might have killed it by pruning it back when it was looking daggy. So no, no. Now, have you got nice uh, knuckles on there yet? You know, that's where you prune back to all the time. And just you get a nice knuckle on there. Oh well, I suppose I'd, I didn't look at that. <laughs> I didn't look at that, but there is green on the bottom. There's new leaves coming on the bottom, but I didn't know whether I killed the top half or no, not. No, look, I, I, I very much doubt it with the crepe myrtle. You could almost prune them back down to the ground. Not that I'm advocating you do no, that. No, no, I um, won't touch it again. <laughs> but so yeah. the cool weather doesn't hurt them. No, no, it just makes them lose their leaves. They're a deciduous plant, so they're, oh, they're, they're going to lose their leaves. And then once anyway. you get back to September, they'll shoot back on for you. Uh, so oh, in, in August, give it a nice feed. Uh, look, you give it some cow manure if you wanted to. Mm. And uh, in August, uh, it'll shoot back on and, and you won't know. It'll take off again for you. That'll be lovely. Thank you so okay, much. Not a problem. Thank Bye. you very much, Ray. Cheers. We've got Jeff now from Newcastle. We're talking mango trees earlier. Apparently, he's got some advice about them. Oh, excellent. Uh, how, how are you going, Jeff? I'm fine, thanks, Scott. How are you? Yeah, how can you help with us with him? Oh, no, I just heard the guy earlier about his mango tree and he's um, had a bit of trouble. And all I do with mine is um, I trim them just after um, the fruiting and okay. every year I get a good crop of fruit off them. Yeah, yeah. That, and so, look, that, that's what I said to him. It's, what's happened now is he's just left it a little bit too late. Uh, so if he, yeah. does, he does prune it now, I'd, I'd say he won't get a very good uh, crop uh, for yeah. this coming year. So I, I recommended that he hold off now until August and prune again. I, I do mine to. straight after they finish fruit, like I get all the fruit off, let them sit for a month, yep, and yep. then I smash the top off them, I turn it into a helicopter pad <laughs> uh, because it was getting too tall. Um, you know, we did, I didn't come from Longreach. <laughs> Mate, you better watch so, out. The, I, the Westpac helicopter might uh, come and hover around over the top of it. I, I wish it would. Save me, save me a bit of money from trimming them off. He could turn himself <laughs> upside down. <laughs> But no, I and then I just spray them with mango zed and um, and uh, give them some potash, and that's the end of the story. Yep, yep. Speaking. Yeah, and look, and, they, uh, they're a very quick growing. They're a great shade tree as well. They're very quick growing. So if, if anyone just wants a shade tree in their backyard, it's the it's the perfect tree to have. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, unbelievable! Yeah. yeah, sit under there and have a beer and a tinny and whatever you like to have. <laughs> Watch the choppers fly <laughs> overhead. 
long as you never. Yeah, so true, so yeah. true. No, okay. I. Uh, that's all I. Uh, that's all I do with mine. And uh, you know, and I get a. I, last year I got. Um, oh, I think about two hundred mangoes off one tree. Yeah, look, and I, I think trouble with Craig was that he's in a bit of a bind. He wants to keep in good with the neighbours. It's gone a bit. Uh, so he wants to do it as soon as possible, rather than wait all the way through. Oh, okay, yeah. So he was in a bit of a bind there. But, uh, yeah, if he can do it, he does it in August, the the plant will be fine. He won't get any fruit off it, but the plant will be fine. If his neighbours are happy to get some free mangoes, why should they complain? Well, well, that's the other way of looking at it as well, yeah. (laughs) Can't turn down free mangoes. Then again, you know, like some people people don't like sharing and uh, that's all there is to it. But I I give my neighbours some mangoes and uh, we do things for one another and everything just goes on fine for me, you know. I don't mind giving a... Bit of fruit if I've got too many, and uh, leave it at that, you know, sort mate, of thing. Mate, that's the way it should be. I think we might have lost that a little bit in modern society, and it'd be fantastic yeah. for it to come back. Well, then, have you moved your new shop yet? Uh, no, mate, we're doing that in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, then. No worries. Okay. Where are you moving to, please, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, we're going to Derby Street, mate. Derby Street, all right, then. Okay. I'll get down there when you get it all fixed up, and we'll have a look at you. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, thanks. Okay. thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Bye-bye. And we've got Trevor from Charlestown. Scott, he's got some questions about his roses. How can we help you with them, Trevor? Good afternoon, Scott. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, I've, the, the Mr Lincoln, um, my mother had him years ago, and uh, I did have a bush out there, but it died. Uh, well, it must have been around about, about 15 year old. Uh, and I'm just wondering now, I don't know what... The, the, the Mr Lincoln, they got a... The scent of them is it, like there's a few, fair few varieties, fair few varieties of Mr. Lincoln, isn't there? No, look, there's still only the the, the one Mr. Lincoln. There's plenty of different varieties of red roses out there uh, now, Trevor. And uh, look, I guess as you know, rose development has taken place. Uh, that's been one of the the bugbears about them that those old fashioned scents of the roses have has you know gone away. So you're getting sort of different colours and bigger blooms. But uh, in some cases, the scent has actually disappeared in them. But with Mr. Lincoln, you still get that original rose. And okay. it's still got a really fragrant scent. It holds a really nice tight bud. So you can yeah. use it as a cutting flower inside. And it's a, a very robust bush to have in the garden as well. Yeah, no, it, it, it was quite good. You, you, like, you haven't got any at your place, have you? Uh, look, I'm, I'm afraid we haven't at the moment. Uh, but any good, uh, you know, uh, local garden centre, your uh, independent garden centre, should have roses in there. Uh, now, the thing is, uh, don't buy them, uh, you know, too soon because it means that they've been dug too soon. You can get uh, dieback in them. Uh, so often you wait until uh, the long weekend in June, and if you buy a rose then, then chances are it's been dug at the right time. And, oh, okay. and you won't get the dye back in it. So, you know, some of the uh, the roses you see in the shops, you know, they might have been in there, you know, a month ago or so, and that probably means that they were dug out, you know, probably, you know, three to four weeks before that. And, and so you might get some dye back with those sort of things. Uh, so, look, you always wait as long as you can uh, into winter before you buy your rose uh, okay. to make sure that it hasn't been dug too early. Thanks very much, Scott, for your time. Thank okay, you. not a problem at all, and good luck with the Mr Lincoln. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very Bye. much. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. 49216216 is the number to call if you want to Scott any, ask Scott any questions. And we mentioned a bit earlier about magnolias. Yes, magnolia little gems. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yep. Yes. Magnolia little gems. Magnolia little gems. So there's big... Are they tiny? 
the plant's small, and it's small compared to the big trees that are out there. Okay, yep. Okay, so now the best, uh, over near the showground, mate, I don't know if you know over there, there's some big magnolias over there. They're very, very large uh, yep. plants. And uh, they, they can get, you know, like 15 metres tall or so and spread out quite a lot. But Little Gem is a dwarf variety, and it was developed in North Carolina in the, in, uh, the USA, which is where they originally came from, the magnolias. Okay. That's all magnolias? Yes, yeah, that's correct, yep. And they, yeah. these ones only get about three to four metres tall. This, this is the evergreen variety, sorry, mate, uh, the evergreen yep. one. They get a huge, big white flower on them, like a big cup, like a big uh, saucer on there. And uh, they have the glossy green leaf on the top and a bronze sort of underside to them. So even the foliage is really, really attractive. Florists use it quite a lot. Yep. Uh, if you go and buy a nice bunch of uh, flowers for your sweetheart. Yep. And yep. Other half for your other <laughs> half, and they might even use it in in that just to sort of tart up the oh, okay. uh, to to make it look more the, impressive. Yeah, the bouquet a little bit more. Oh right, yeah. Uh, look, uh, the the other great thing about them is they can be a standalone plant. Uh, they're not too big, not too small. They yep. just do the right thing as a feature plant. But the other great thing about them is that they will stand up to a bit of salt. Uh, so they're good by the pool. They're good up near the beach. They will tolerate some frost as well, and you can hedge the buggers which is really important. So if you want to create a screen, you can just actually get into them with the hedger yep. and uh, just, you know, top and you can top and tail them. You can square them up if you want to and they will keep on coming back. Uh, they are a very, very versatile plant. So that's uh, Magnolia Little Gem. It's got some other cousins. Magnolia Little Gem's the oldie but the goodie and it yep. seems to work really well. It gets to about four metres high. Uh, needs to be in the full sun. Doesn't work so well in pots, I've discovered. Oh. Uh, my brother had some in pots uh, up on his veranda and... Uh, I oh, know they just sort of lost their leaves. They didn't do as well. They prefer to be in the ground. But okay. if you need to hedge them or if you just want a standalone plant, uh, a really, really great plant so to have. Perhaps the pots are too small for them? or I, I think because they're just a, a large plant, they just didn't really seem to like going. Yep. Even when he was trying to keep them small, they lost their leaves. It might have been his gardening prowess. So, I mean, let's, been. We bit can of, put it down to that. Bit, bit of both. Bit of both, yeah. yeah. Okay. Bet each way. I don't want your brother ringing up and starting a family fight or anything. No, we were always family feuding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've got Terry from Valentine, and he's got a question about his fig tree. How can we help you with it, Terry? G'day, Scott. That, uh, I've got a problem. I've got a fig tree that's really out of sync, and I'm just wondering what I might have done to uh, cause this problem. Um, the leaves have started to fall off it, and it's got a crop of figs on it, and... Yes, uh, it, it seems to be half a year out of sync. Yeah, that is a bit unusual. I mean, the, the part about the leaves falling off is, is quite okay uh, because obviously we're in winter very, very soon, according to Greg. Three days. Yeah. Three days. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be in winter very soon, so that's all okay. But the fact that it's got the, the figs on there, that's, that's a bit unusual. Look, what I would suggest is going to happen is that they're going to drop off anyway. Uh, they certainly won't ripen for you as it gets colder because they do need that warmer climate to, uh, you know, in the summer uh, to, to ripen up for you. So I don't think they're going to do too well. It might be best for you to even just to pick those off at this time. Okay. Yeah. Yes, now I, I did have... Um, it's been a bit of a funny tree because sometimes it's sort of missed out of season completely and, you know, the leaves come on and the figs don't. And I had a good uh, girlfriend. She said it needs a good flogging and uh, get a piece of pipe and, and bash it, you know. And, yeah, not normally my sort of character. But anyway, I gave it a flogging and the next year we had the best figs that you've ever seen but now it's sort of like half a year out I just sort of because you guys were talking about fig trees back in January or somewhere, weren't you? Yeah, that, that's that's correct. That's that's when they should be, uh, you know, have their fruit on them, and they should be uh, 
you know, getting ready so you can pick them and have them with your cheese or whatever you're going to have it with. <laughs> yeah, so look, okay, your, yours, well, what yours do you is, suggest? Uh, when should I prune it? Uh, you can prune it uh, now if you want to. That's the time to do it once it's lost its leaves. Uh, so, look, that, that might be an alternative to going and picking the fruit off it. But certainly losing its leaves is quite natural. You'd give it a prune now. And then uh, once you get back into summer, you should have some nice uh, fruit on there again. Yes, look, it's a good idea to have all the leaves off. It's so easy to pick them now. Yeah, look, and don't 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 go and flog it. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, her idea was that it moved the uh, made the uh, sap move um, under the bark or something like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I yeah. I don't know. It's Fifty Shades of Grey with the fig tree. I don't know if it's going to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'll just look at bashing the wife. Oh no, no. <laughs> Rob Scott, thank you very much for that, mate. Okay, Have a good thanks, day. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Right, I think if we could quickly move on, it might be the best there. We might, we might just leave that one alone. Uh, we've got Lydia from Dudley, and she's got a question about a string of bananas plants. Oh, Lin, Lydia, how can we help you with it? Oh, hello. Um, we bought a... Well, we got a string of bananas, like the hanging plants, uh, probably about late last year, and it was so lush and thick, and all of a sudden it's just sort of stops doing that that's sort of gotten really thin and sort of losing its thickness i'm just wondering what could have happened to it <laughs> so you know, when you say string of bananas you've got it's a banana plant you've got or um not the banana plant it's the it's the hanging plant i don't know what the actual um the name of it would be but it's 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 a hanging plant okay and it sort of grows long and it's got the little sort of banana shaped um, sort of leaves coming off it. Oh, you, 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 I've got to say, you've got me on this one here. I mean, oh, I've heard, no. <laughs> I've heard of string of... Ah, uh, it's, it's a succulent. Yes, it's like string of pearls. Yes, yes. yeah, I've, yes I've, like I've, the string of pearls. You know yes. what? I've never, ever heard it called that before. Oh. <laughs> yes. I know, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Uh, so yes. it is a succulent. Where have you had it? Have you had it inside or...? Yes, it's been inside. So it's been in the same spot since we got it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, it's sort of in a window. It gets a fair bit of sun throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's been fine for a few months, and then now, sort of in the last month or so, it's slowed down. Yeah, okay. So they, yeah. they don't like too much water. They are a succulent, so you just let, yeah. the, let it dry out a little bit at this time. Uh, okay. Look, and in a window, look, succulents really prefer to be outside in the full sun. So it might yep. just be that as the, you know, the season's changing because we're coming towards winter, that, uh, you know, the sun's coming off a little bit and it's, it's just not doing as well as it could be. So if you could find right. a spot with some more sun, perhaps that might be helpful for it. Okay. Yeah, yep. uh, because look, they don't really like being inside. So they would actually be a plant that you'd keep out, you know, in the full blazing sun. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. We could probably do that. Okay. Excellent. So yeah, don't don't Brilliant. stick it out in the cold now. Try and get a, a sunnier spot for it inside the house, right. and just cut down on the on the watering of it. Yep. Okay. We can okay. do that. Thank you very Brilliant. much. Thank you. Okay. Right. Bye bye. Bye, Lydia. Bye bye. Bye. It's gardening talk back on two and you RFM. If you've got any questions, you can give us a call on four nine two one six two one six. We've got Mark from Morissette. He's got a question about his lawn. How can we help you with it, Mark? Um, yeah, I put down a new buffalo lawn probably eight months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we put down some lawn underlay that was sold to us by the nursery. Yes. And I put that down about 100 millimetres thick. And then I put down about 300 metres of uh, buffalo, which was a sapphire. Anyway, it never really took off. And um, it's yellowish 
with little bits of brown and yeah, not fertilised it a couple of times, but it's just never really had that lush look to it at all. Any clues? Uh, look, that, that's a difficult one without having a look at it. Uh, new turf should really take off from the outset, uh, you know, because it's been pruned, it's, it's sort of its root system's been pruned, and once it's been watered, 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 it really takes off from the outset. And it sounds like you put it in at the correct time as well. Uh, look, unfortunately mm. with turf, the only thing you can really do is feed and watering. Uh, yep. it's, it's completely the wrong time now to be doing that. Any fertiliser you stick on there is going to basically leach away and go to waste because the turf has, you know, buffalo lawn especially goes into almost a dormant state at this time of year. Uh, and it will brown off a little bit and uh, just stop growing completely for you. Uh, the only thing I would do, I would just, uh, you know, once you get through to August and you start to feel the, the change coming on that we're getting into spring, that's when you'd go and give it a good fertiliser then and make sure it's being watered really heavily. Okay, yeah. all right. No Unfo worries. Unfortunately, mate, at this time of year, there's really nothing you can do in winter. It's You'd just be wasting almost your time and money because it becomes dormant. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. But so, oh, thank you. Otherwise, Mark, it sounds like you've done all the right things in laying it and uh, looking after it, but, uh, yeah, it, it might, might just be, need a good fertiliser again. Yep, yep. Okay. okay. No Thanks, Thanks for that, that, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Probably just the wrong time of year to maybe laying a lawn, perhaps? Or... Uh, no, he laid it at the right time. That was all good. Yep. Uh, eight months ago, that was all fine. Uh, it really should just spring on quite nicely from there. Uh, look, And you can't give a lawn enough water when you first put it down. Uh, you know, you could almost water it 24 hours a day, not quite, but yep. uh, you know what I'm talking about for that initial two weeks until the root system comes back down into the ground. Uh, but unfortunately for Mark, uh, trying to do something about it at this time of year, it's just going to be, you know, sort of pouring it on fallow mm. ground because the lawn becomes dormant. Too hard basket nearly. Yeah, almost, yeah. Almost too hard basket. Almost too hard basket. We'll just put it to one side of the too hard basket. Just yeah. on the outer of the too hard basket. Yes. Right, okay. <laughs> In view of it. <laughs> We've got Joyce from Windale, and she's got a question about her camellias. How can we help you, Joyce? Oh, good afternoon, Scott. Uh, look, I've got a camellia in my front yard. It's been there about 12, 13 years, mm -hmm. uh, and all the leaves have died on it. Ooh, that doesn't sound too good at all. Uh... <laughs> Now, that's going to be a bit difficult without actually having a look at it, unfortunately. They can get a scale on them, which um, makes them shed their leaves. So if you have any leaves on there at the moment, you can pull those off and you'll see like little raised lumps all over uh, the bottom of the leaves. And it can get them on the top as well. Right. Camellias also can get tea mite, uh, which you sort of see a silvering of the leaf. But that's more prevalent in uh, Japonica, Camellia Japonica. Uh, I don't know what this one is. Yeah, so they've got there's a small leaf camellia and there's a larger leaf camellia, and they've generally got bigger flowers as well. Uh, yeah. So it really that really depends. But uh, look, the the louse scale that they get on them can be quite bad, and uh, that would make them drop their leaves like that. Yeah, it's not dropping any leaves. It's just they've all gone brown. They've all gone brown, have they? It, it, well, it looks like it's dead to me, but right. I I don't know whether to cut all the dead off it. Yep. So, Cut it right back and see what happens. So that, that, that is always a way to go. Start up the end of the plant, or the outer reaches of the plant, and start pruning right. back and, until you find some green. It might right. be that you cut straight away and you find green. You go, ha-ha, that's fantastic. I'm not going any further. Yep. But look, what I would do, though, is grab some of those leaves and yeah. take them uh, to one of your local garden centres, and they will have someone there who will be able to help you out with that. Uh, you know, there'll be a right. trained horticulturalist there. They'll be able to have a look at the leaf and uh, see if there's any insect or any infestation on there to be able to help you out with it. 
Yeah, all right then. Yeah, look, and the other okay, thing is got... if you've got a, a smartphone as well, take some photos uh, because they're a great help, uh, you know, just generally of the, of the plant and that helps people as well to be able to diagnose the problem for you. Yeah, all right. Okay, okay Scott, thank you very much for that. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. We've got Brian from Valentine, and he's got a question about his passion fruit vine. Excellent. How can we help you with it, Brian? G'day, Scott. Hi, Greg. Um, I've got a passion fruit vine just sprung up in the backyard. Yes. Um, it's quite healthy looking. Is it worth keeping? Will it fruit, or should I get a grafted one and go that way? No, no. Will fruit? Uh, you can get seed. You can get seed-grown passion fruits. There's nothing wrong with doing that at all. Uh, the grafted ones, they say fruit. Uh, more than the the seed ones, but uh, often you know, mostly on any passion fruit, you get more fruit that you can handle. Uh, so look, don't be concerned about that. Uh, you, oh. I wouldn't be digging it out if you've got one that's a, a goer. Um, in you know, yeah. natural selections working there for you. I'd I'd leave it go and uh, train it up the right wherever you want to go to. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Scott, thanks very Made much. A nice little tough one there. So uh, enjoy the fruit, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye thanks, now. mate. Bye bye. Oh, cheers, Brian. I think we've got time for one more caller. It's Glenn from Stockton. It's a bit of an interesting one. He's got tiny white insects on his tomato plants. You've got tomato plants growing still, Glenn? I have, oh, and, and they're very good. The flavour isn't as good as the summer crop I mm -hmm. had, but uh, the size and everything's beautiful. But the, the plants, as soon as you touch the leaves, there's a massive thousands of white tiny white insects okay sounds like you've got white fly on there in that case that's what they do uh, as soon as you touch the plant they just sort of dissipate out into the the winds of the earth uh, yes. white fly is very very difficult to control uh, look, the best you can probably do, uh, because it's an edible plant as well uh, if you can get some malathon give it a try with that and see if you can control the white fly Okay, not a problem. Make sure you read the instructions on the malathon and uh, check that, you know, there might be a withholding period. Uh, That's okay. Is that still available? Malathon you can still buy, can you? You certainly can. Thank you. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you Have very a great much. day. Okay, thanks, Cheers. Glenn. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks very much, Glenn. Guarding talk back on 2 and That's got We're almost out of time for another week. We know, and I was going to ask about your tomato plant. We know what you, how you would have helped that bloke with oh, his tomato plant. Just straight over the top. Mowed it. Over the top of it. <laughs> mowed it straight out. That was your advice, though. I don't know. I, was, I thought it was, there was a bit of nurturing I wanted you to do oh, before we got to that. But. I just didn't think I went, nah, to hell with nurturing it, straight <laughs> over the top. That, now, that was too hard basket. That was too hard basket, wasn't it? Yeah. You have to make a little thing around it. and Yeah, nurture it. Yep. It was ruins your mowing patterns. That's true, isn't it? But you want to get that. I mean, your lawn would be like the MCG, wouldn't it, with those perfect squares and everything oh, yeah. they get? Yeah. If, if someone... Didn't work at the MCG. <laughs> That's what it would look like. And they worked at your place. That's yeah, what it would look like. That was exactly what it would look like. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Scott, anything before you go? You mentioned something about curry leaves. Oh, the curry leaf. I had a, a lovely curry on, on Saturday night. Yep. It reminded me of it. We had some butter chicken, some sar ghost, some naan bread, all very good. What was good. that the second one? Sar ghost. Sar ghost. Yes. S A G G H O S T. Sar ghost. It's a really green. Uh, looking great, right. almost great. It's very, very tasty, though. Right, I'll take your yeah, word for it. Yeah. What's your favourite? Uh, had to be pushed, probably a bit bland. Go Korma, or maybe a Rogan Josh. Yeah, see, my daughter goes the Vindaloo. Yeah, Vindaloo's are good. Yeah, she, she goes for that. And if you want to spice up your 
I don't think you can get more spicy than a vinegar. No, that's true. <laughs> she could have been using a curry leaf tree. It's, a, it's actually a type of maria, uh, and it, it creates not a nice little tree. It gets about four to six metres tall around here in uh, Newcastle, and you actually just pick the leaves off it. Okay, yeah. yeah and it's fairly <laughs> quick growing. Uh, again, a full sun position. I guess if you had a little bit of afternoon shade for it, um, you know, that, that's going to be okay. It does get uh, little berries on it, but they're not the, what you use for the curry. You actually use the, the leaves to give you that really fragrant taste. It actually comes from uh, Sri Lanka, uh, so it likes that uh, the warmer months here in Newcastle. Uh, you can grow it from seed if you want to or from cuttings. Look, they, they use them in all sorts of uh, you know, aromatic things. Uh, uh, you can use them in uh, pot puri. That's something oh, right. we haven't yeah. seen around for a while. So you can just dry them up and... Pop in pot pourri. You certainly could. You get that really nice sort of pungent smell yeah. out of there. Uh, air fresheners, I guess. Uh, body fragrance. Uh, oh, right. Yes. Keep you... Rub some leaves all over here. And... You could do that. I don't know how you're going to go at the nightclub on Friday night where it's smelling like a... Like a curry, like, like a fresh curry. Like a fresh curry. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go. Or if you just wanted a bath or aromatherapy as well. So there's all sorts of things you can use it for, but essentially you use it for cooking. Right. And not to pick up girls at the nightclub. At the nightclub. <laughs> no. Walk around with curry leaves all over you. Yeah, it's not going to work. Not going to be a nice look. Now, I got actually seeds the other day that I think they were off the plant. Yes, so a little sort of berry sort of thing. Little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what's what, what's the next step? Yep, so plonk it into some uh, seed raising mix. Yep. Uh, so have you got many of them or? Oh, I've got a handful. Yeah, just plonk them in some seed raising mix. You're yep. probably going to ask me to remember to bring you some next week, aren't you? Yep. Yep, and I'll forget. <laughs> uh, and you just water them and they should come up for you. Uh, look, again, it's winter now, so your germination might be difficult. Get them out into the sunniest spot and the warmest spot you can. Right, against yeah. a brick wall or you know somewhere nice yep. like that. Yeah. Okay, then. So, or if not, wait till the end of winter, maybe. Yeah, they might dry out a bit, but uh, look, you're probably best to get them in the ground, get them into a, in a warmest spot as possible, and uh, see how you go. Right, yeah. We'll do. That's that's a job for this afternoon, maybe. Okay, or, go home. Or, or, or I'll the weekend. You, yeah, I'll hold you to it by. Well, I have to bring the uh, seed raising mix in for you first. Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly right. Now, Scott, is there anything else you want to throw before we take off for the day? And there is actually another oldie bit of goodie. I must be an oldie bit goodie uh, mood today. Yep. A yep. flashback day. A flashback day. Yeah. It's like Back to the Future here. <laughs> uh, Boston ferns uh, look really, really excellent uh, for an, as an indoor plant. Uh, you can have them as a hanging plant. You can have them up on a pedestal and they'll drape down over. Uh, very, very easy to look after. I guess they grow in a bathroom for you as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, because they'll soak up all that lovely humidity. Uh, you know, if you've um, got someone moving out, a young person moving out from home for the first time, you want to get them a nice gift. Ideal first up plant. Uh, yeah, because they can't kill a Boston fern. <laughs> a challenge accepted, some people might say. <laughs> give, it a, give it a water. <laughs> right, Scott. Well, that is all us for this week. Excellent. I'll thank catch you. you next time. And if you did miss anything, you can check out the Gardening Talkback podcast on our website, too, and you are FM, we're, so, com. we're so technical. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.